we all have our own stories that we have either been created because of external things in our lives or we've created them ourselves. And they're really easy to create and believe and pick back up. But learning to diffuse our own self stories is what allows the real story to emerge. This is Show Your Business Who's Boss. Listen in on behind the scenes, unfiltered conversations with my favorite business owner friends who take charge and make their businesses work for them. Don't just be your own boss, show your business who's boss. I'm Pia Silva. Today, we continue our What's Possible series, chatting with entrepreneurs who have experienced tremendous transformations in their businesses in 2020. And I know they have because I've had the pleasure of being a part of it as they are members of my program, Leap to Badass Authority. It's pretty incredible what can happen in a year or even less when you stay focused on taking leaps every day to get closer to your goals and have a support system to keep you accountable and help you make strategic decisions and even pull you up when you falter, as we all do. And that's why I want to share these stories with you so that you can see what's really possible for you too, if you want to reach out and grab it. Today, I'm speaking with badass business owner, Michelle Mercurio. Michelle is a brand catalyst and the co-owner of The Brand Scene, where she helps transformational entrepreneurs write their brand's story, do more of what they love, and be more themselves and less of what the world expects them to be. We could all use more of that in our businesses, can't we? Today, we cover topics such as how we have both felt at times like we have nothing to say, (laughs) which is surprising, and what that's really a reflection of. When you should, quote, expire things that are working in your business so you can make room for something much greater. And the stories that we all walk around with that are holding us back from accomplishing everything we want in our businesses and exercises that you can use to change them. So buckle up, here we go. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Great to have you here. Thank you so much. It's awesome to be here. So we have so much to talk about. You are such a badass in the branding space, and I should know. So let's just start from the beginning. Tell me a little bit about how you got into this space in the first place. Well, it wasn't from your typical brand agency experience, that's for sure. I taught high school and college. I did corporate communications. I ran a national career services program uh, to help college career advisors prepare their students better. So not just to write their resumes, but to, to find a path with purpose. And so what I found is that corporate structures didn't allow me to keep going. I just wasn't fueled because I I was really bad at defining success the way that others wanted me to do so. So my life really, it looked perfect on the outside, but I felt this kind of desperate churning of trapped energy. I don't know how else to describe it. And I made it so that way I just knew that I had to do something else. So I quit. I quit my job. I quit 
actually my life at that point. I thought <laughs> I quit my husband for a little while. <laughs> what does I that quit, mean? <laughs> I, I, I quit my suburban house. I quit doing things the right way. Did you do so, like an eat, pray, love trip or something? <laughs> I, I did take a little trip. My husband and I took a little break <laughs> to even just redefine our own goals and what it is we wanted. And I just didn't want to do life the way that others wanted me to. Can I ask you a question about that? Because I think a lot of people can please relate to that. What, and actually Steve and I have that conversation a lot. It's like people always think this or who, who are those people in your mind? It is, are there specific voices from the past? Is it like societal? Is it both? Do you know who put the idea of what it should look like in your head? I'm so glad you asked that because when I actually work on mindset things with my clients, I ask that exact same question. People are never people. People, right? The word people <laughs> generally <laughs> refers back to one or two people in your past that told you how the world was supposed to work. Probably your parents. And as you get older, you find out that people are you. They become you. And you tell yourself that you can't do these things. And so you create the stories. And then you feel like you have to live into whatever those stories that you're creating. Success looks like this. Family looks like this. Marriage looks like this. Your job looks like this. So where do you think that came from? Do you have any specific stories you remember someone telling you? Because corporate success, I think a lot of people think of success as corporate success. And that's great. And I think it's successful for a lot of people to have that kind of corporate success. I think everybody has to define their own success. But from the time I was a kid, I made up businesses. I remember being very young and like putting my brother to work in my office. And he was like age three and I was probably like seven. And I was always writing things. You know, I wrote books as a child. I would interview people in my neighborhood and put their interviews out and like read them in my driveway for other people to listen to. <laughs> you know, the, this was something that I was really interested in people's stories, but I always had this like entrepreneurial drive that I ignored because it was risky. Mm. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, when you graduate from college and you have debt, <laughs> mm -hmm. something that probably your listeners can also relate to, you think that you have to have immediate financial success. And I think as a society, we define success as financial success and not as all of the things that actually make a wonderful life, how we really get paid mm -hmm. on all of the ways we get paid. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of blew it all up. And, and how did you, what was the process of coming to figure out what it was going to look like next or what your next step was? I don't know if you, did you have a big clear goal or did you just have a next step of what you wanted I to had do? A, yeah. I had a next step. I definitely okay. didn't have a plan. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really enjoyed helping people with communications. My brother owns a restaurant. He asked me to start doing his social media. Cool. I had a friend who was an entrepreneur and he was starting up a craft beer cup business and I started doing his social media. And so I started making it up and I started doing people's social media. 
And I realized that there was a lot of wonderful things about the world of social media, but what I was really good at was digging into people's souls and pulling out their purpose and writing them the way that they see them, but could never speak them. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So were you doing that for the beer cup? (laughs) I did. Well, I I wrote it from the, the, the perspective of the beer drinker, Ah, right? this is a community beer, especially now craft beer, isn't necessarily something that people just think, Oh yeah, I love beer, but what is it really about? It's about life. It's about the lifestyle. It's about the people that you're hanging out with. It's about really amazing brews. So it didn't really become about a cup. It's never about a product or a Mm -hmm. service. It's about the transformation. It's about the experience. And I realized that branding was about an experience. Marketing was about selling things and branding is about an experience and branding is about a journey. Branding's about discovering the why behind the what. Branding is about really knowing what you are aligned with and then going and putting it into a plan. I'm not saying you can't market that. (laughs) I'm saying that a lot of people start with marketing, just like when I was in career services, a lot of people thought that you had to find a job with a resume. Actually, you start with purpose. And so I shifted my business. I invested in some coaches and I started learning more about what it is that I was really good at. And I made that up. I didn't really think that, oh, I need a job description and I need to go do this. I I looked inside and said, hey, I'm really good at this. How can I go do that? Mm. So if I may, it sounds like you started in social media, Mm -hmm. tell them stories and found that in order to do that in a way that was effective so you could actually connect with your audience, you had to get to brand, which, by the way, I think anybody who is worth their weight in salt and marketing gets to that conclusion <laughs> because you yes. can't do marketing without branding. And so right. when you found that as the actual source of the power, you decided you would you wanted to focus there. Did you continue to do social media marketing while you did branding or moved into branding? I didn't. I'm an expert quitter. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't take any more social media clients on and I offboarded the ones I had. And I started to just talk to people who owned businesses and showing them what I am good at with, you know, I I think I used some of that, that social media to help them see like, hey, sure. I can tell some really great stories. Look at this website. Right. Uh, look at look at you know what we what we did here. It moved from really doing social media for some of these companies into rewriting their website content, into going really deep, into helping them restructure some of even their own operational businesses, like mm. like the operations that they did because some of their products weren't making sense. So it became more like building a business and a brand and then marketing it. And it was a slow evolution until it wasn't until the word got out. And then people started referring me to other people and saying, Hey, you need to to work with Michelle. She doesn't do content. Like most people do content. Very cool. So they were calling it content. So how how was it packaged at that point? How it was packaged. So I, I would say brand story. I always called it a brand story. 
And I started using that terminology with my clients. Mm -hmm. They said that they needed a copywriter. I said, well, you know, I'm not your, your average copywriter. So if you're not willing to have these qualities, like I defined what qualities I was really looking for, right? They had to be in it for transformation and not to just peddle a product. Can you give me an example? We can talk. You, you asked me about the craft beer cup. Yeah. Okay. Craft beer cup isn't going to transform anybody. Correct. Right. But having the experience of being within that community with the right people, the right friends, <laughs> your, your, your soul people, your soul beer people. <laughs> right. That is the, the transformation. It's not about marketing a cup. It's really about let's create a lifestyle. Let's create our product to fit the people that we serve. Another example, one of my favorite clients, she runs a holistic services company. And she would get to the place where she was like marketing her classes, but she wasn't marketing the transformation of the people. And there's a difference between talking about your yoga class and talking about reconnecting to your soul mm. and how she ran it wasn't just a yoga class. It was about how to reconnect to you completely. So I think that that's really what it's about. It's like, why are you really doing what you're doing? Because if you're just here to make a buck, it's probably not going to work anyway. And it might, I mean, it might work for a while, but it has to have your own soul as part of it. You have to be a part of your business for me to be able to really help you. Which I know is a core philosophy that you put forth, which is that it comes from you, especially, I mean, I, I similarly insist that a brand starts within the person who is starting it. Yes. I've always thought of, I've always felt that, because I specifically work with small service businesses. So of course, if you're selling your own services, you must be a part of your brand. But it sounds like you aren't necessarily always working with small business with service businesses. And yet, pulling it from the owner is still a core piece of your methodology. Because they're the person who started that business, even multi-million dollar agencies and institutions started with somebody's vision. It doesn't mean that you have to only have that person's vision. As your brand grows, your vision grows and it grows, but it started with that seed. It started with that person. And I think a lot of times companies look at their clients or prospective clients as personas and they're not personas. Your client is a person. And if you don't start with how the person that built your company feels, acts, values, thinks, you're never going to connect with that client either, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it over and over again. People bucket things into personas and then they try to market products to personas. Mm -hmm. And how false is that? That's so false. Uh, I, for better or worse, I have avoided the whole what's your avatar persona thing because I find it so annoying to do. I find it so annoying to implement. I think it gets me into trouble sometimes, but I, I completely agree. It's like that's the first step in most branding 
processes is to come up with the avatar, the persona, whereas I usually think of it as actually just think of somebody who actually bought this thing, (laughs) who is a great client. Let's just look at that person as opposed to coming up with an avatar. It's a lot easier to market to somebody you already know than it is to the idea of somebody you might know. I love that. And that's something that I think so many people come in and it skews how they look at a branding and marketing process. I can't tell you how many times a client's come in the door and said, but I've done this. I have a persona. I have, you know, I have a social media presence. You know, how can you help me? Like my business isn't working. I'm like, well, (laughs) you kind of built it on some things that aren't working. Right. You built it from what you thought somebody else told you was the way to do it instead of building it from you and having it come through you and then have it connect to the people who are your people. Mm. That's a huge difference. And actually, now that you're saying it, it's reminding me because I've gone through that process hiring various marketing people and also in my own brand many times answering these questions. The, The process that a lot of branding companies take you through, which I know you don't and neither do I, is kind of assuming that the person knows the answer. So one, you know, every time I've hired a marketing company, they're like, what, you know, what uh, magazines does your (laughs) avatar read? You know, it's like, if I knew that, I wouldn't be hiring (laughs) you to do my Facebook ads. Um, You know, if it was so clear, I don't know, the three big ones that I've heard of. But the point is, it's so superficial in those questions can be, it's not that you can't ask those questions, but it's just that if you're asking a client the answer to those questions, you're assuming they already know the very thing they've hired you to figure out. And that comes from a much deeper line of questioning. I think that not, it's not only the answers that they expect you to know, they expect you to actually think that your clients know the right questions to ask. Yes. How many times have you had a client, Pia, because I know this is me all the time. They come with one problem, what they think is the problem. When they come with the problem, it's never the problem that's actually the problem. Right. (laughs) It's an element. It's usually a symptom of the Mm -hmm. core issue. And nobody can, you know, part of my job is to not just treat your symptoms. My job is to dig into the core problem, the core issue, the core wound, extract it so it doesn't then generate 20 other problems in your future. And that being able to do that is a mixture of experience and having seen and experienced this and confidence in your own ability to see past those problems. Because I know in the first few years, I ha- I felt like I had to take the client's word because I really felt like they knew better than I did. Who am I to come in? I've, I just met you. I don't know anything about your company and your brand. If that's what you think the problem is, then I'm just here to solve it. But I think it's the experience of going through this and building that confidence in your own ability to see through to the next problem. And also just having done it so many times, it's a key component because you really have to trust yourself and be able to tell a client. Like I tell people, I say the same thing to people, whatever you're asking me, that's definitely not what it is. That's why we have to go through this process. And if they push back and say, oh, I've already done, I have a creative brief. I promise you your creative brief is not hitting on the points that we're going to get to. 
Yes. Yes. And I literally had this conversation with somebody two weeks ago. I know you did your persona exercises, but we're not, (laughs) we're not going to ever market to this persona. These are, these people don't exist. We're going to market to your people. Right. And we're going to then build your brand around what it is that you're here to do so that they can find you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, A lot of times... Exactly. A lot of times people come in and they'll say like, oh, I just, I know exactly what I do, but I don't know how to tell my clients. And and that to me is, is the first key indicator that they have no idea what they actually do. Yes, that's a great point. <laughs> if you can't explain it, then you don't really know. Right. And it's not that we haven't all suffered with that. I'm sure you have. I definitely have. Oh, yeah. I've gone through all of that. I didn't know exactly what I did until I really spent the time and had the help to figure that out. Yeah. And wh- what did that process look like for you? A couple of different things. Number one, what, you know, when we talked about this at the beginning, I said I started with social media, right? I was making it up. I was just kind of throwing things and saying, oh my goodness, I really like doing social media. I'm good at it. I can take a decent picture. I can tell a decent story. But that wasn't really fulfilling the big thing. It, it became like you were just saying, it's like I used to trust the client more on what they needed. And so I'd solve their problems. And instead of being a problem solver, knowing what it is that you do innately. So how do you discover that? I think a lot of it is the the larger, I mean, <laughs> it comes back to the branding process, right? Mm-hmm. I have people who come to me that say, I think I know what I do. One of the, the things that we offer is brand discovery. And it's like, I'm really good at this. I don't know how to execute it and make it a business. Okay, great. So that's a brand product that you know, you might not have the logo, the website and all of the copy yet, but we can help you discover what that looks like by asking you kind of those purposeful questions. It's a return to purpose. So I did that same process with me. You know, I found a couple of really great different mentors and then I've continued it on working with you on things. You find the people who can then take you to the next level of wherever you are, who will meet you where you are and offer that next thing. So whether it's clarity and you're, you're not quite sure what you do or whether it's really like things aren't working. So how do I get unstuck? I did the exact same thing. I needed clarity. I was really, really good at writing everybody else's story, but I couldn't write my own. I think that this goes to something that you and I have talked about before. And I think I, I said this to you months ago about feeling like you have nothing to say. Mm-hmm. And it's because that, you know, what the process I went through was because I always used my voice to help others amplify their businesses and their ideas. And I'm really good at doing visualization and meditation and, you know, a little bit of the, the woo-woo work <laughs> to get into someone's soul, ask the right questions pull out their essence and then write their story in their voice so that they can show the the world what it is that they do. But I couldn't do that for me. So I needed somebody to help me with that. Uh, And and (laughs) that's really it. I think a lot of times we find what it is that we need by looking at what it is that we're innately good at and then wondering why we can't do that for ourselves too. 
And I remember you saying that to me recently. I think a lot of people can relate. I certainly, I remember there was a time where I had written however many, maybe a couple dozen blog posts. This was early on. And I was like, I think I've exhausted all the topics. <laughs> I think I have. That's it. I've written all the, the articles that can be written about. And actually, right now, I have so many articles that I want to write. I literally don't have enough time to write all of the articles. So the I've actually found that the more I've written, the more I have to say, not the less. But it was a weird experience for me to feel like that as somebody who has a lot to say. And I know you're the same way because I would think a lot of people would be surprised to hear that you felt like you had nothing to say. What what specifically would go through your head in terms of coming up with ideas or just was it security or what? Oh yeah, absolutely. That was part of it. I think it's a it's a combo pack of things. I think it is insecurity. I think it's fear of putting a stake in the ground and have somebody then disagree with you. I think it's also, once you do know, it's the assumption that everybody else knows this already, Mm. right? But that goes back to your own ego anyway. Yes. And your own fear. So there's a lot of different excuses why I think a lot of people say that they don't, and, and I personally said that I don't have anything to say. Oh, they know this. Oh, you know, there's somebody else out there who's already said it you know, Pia's got a great book on this, (laughs) you know, why would anybody need something from Michelle on this? And I think that it all comes back to, to fear and ego. Our ego gets in our way and it is there to protect us as is our fear, as is, you know, anything that we have used kind of internally to, to block ourselves and keep ourselves stuck but it's not about the things that we say that we have nothing to say. It's never about the fact that we don't have anything to say. It's that we do have something to say and we want to be liked, loved, loved, accepted, the expert, and we don't feel that we're good enough to do so. So once I resolved that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hold on a second. What did you do to tackle that? I mean, I continue to tackle that to this day. What kind of actions did you take? I tackle it to this day as well. I feel largely resolved about a lot of it. That doesn't mean that there's not a new well waiting to be discovered within. Like an onion, isn't it? (laughs) It It's always like an onion. We definitely are peeling back the layers. And here's what I realized. The patterns that I was repeating in my own business and in my life, they were reflecting the patterns I was repeating everywhere else. So what was keeping me stuck in business had nothing to do with the fact that I didn't know what I was doing or the fact that I didn't know how to package it or the fact that I didn't know how to market it. It was a lot of the same things that were were happening within my relationships, my self-talk, the, the how I feel about myself every single day. And it really came back to, am I worth this? Am I worthy enough to have this? If I put this out there, will people leave? You know, we have to, we all have our own kind of core wounds that we deal with every day. And so I had to to go in and understand what mine were and understand that I did have a fear of saying things 
because if I said things, does that mean that the people that I love wouldn't love me anymore? Mm. You know, would I disappoint my mom? (laughs) Would I disappoint my dad? Would I disappoint, you know, whoever it is that I wanted to, to love and accept me? And was I disappointing myself by not doing it? And I think that there's a struggle between the voice that, that voice that represents people to you. Like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, people isn't just, you know, people aren't just society. People is that one or two Mm. voice, you know, is that voice that's in your head that represents somebody in your past. And so it's really going through and I've had to make peace with a lot of it. I have tools that I use with my clients and that I used with myself. Like I wrote letters to myself as a child. (laughs) I wrote journal prompts, not reflecting on why I should get over something, but removing the word should from my vocabulary. Mm. I often recommend the book. I love the book letting go by David R. Hawkins. I, I recommend it to all of my clients you know, understanding what your own personal fears are, what your own personal guilt is, your own personal shame. That's hard to do, Very but that is essential. I had a client once she was in here and we were just doing a, a little mini brand story for her. And I did a visualization with her and asked her questions about things that I knew, I knew that what was keeping her stuck in her business wasn't her business or her product. It was, you know, her feeling scared to show up. And what ended up being revealed is this kind of pattern that she had that every time she showed up in her own life, something terrible happened to her. Mm. And that's, that's the work I really do. I can write you a beautiful story. I can get you amazing content. I can write an email series that will convert clients at high ticket levels. And what I really do is I help people return to themselves and be human so that they can live the life that they want. That's such a a powerful story because it's a perfect example of no matter how great the brand story that you write or the content, if somebody is inherently terrified to show up and do that last piece that only they can do, they're never going to do it. And every every person, I mean, you said, you know, this particular situation where the the person was in their way of their business, but I, I think that's true for everyone in their business, you know, the, the tactical approach, the figuring out, okay, exactly how to sell this or exactly how to package this or deliver this. That's all tactical stuff, which is important. But in order to have the motivation to show up every day and be able to really wrap your arms around it requires not having some huge obstacle in front of you that is stopping you from doing it every single day because you have some sort of disintegration with with what you yes. want. I was rereading, happened to be reading last night, this book called The Whole Brain Child, which is a mm-hmm. parenting book, but I don't know if you've ever heard of it because you don't have to be a parent to read this book. It's it's reparenting yourself, really, but it's all about disintegration and 
trying to help kids integrate as children so that they don't have these disintegrations later. But it's so fascinating to read because, of course, if you didn't have parents, which none of us did, thinking about integrating you as a child, that's where all these disintegrations are. And that's where you have the association that you're talking about. When I show up and and do something successful, something terrible will happen. I mean, those are uh, synapses that get formed when we're children and we don't even know where they come from. So the work that you're doing with people is, is critical to their success. And I think a lot of people, if you haven't done any of this work, it might sound so far out there, um, but those are the people who need it the most. If you're listening, (laughs) if you have no idea what we're talking about, you definitely should start exploring some of these stories. The best part is there are people that come to me and they think that they don't need it. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm kind of sneaky like that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But you can't sell it to people who don't know what they're doing. No, I don't sell. I never sell mindset. And yet all I do is mindset. You know, it's really, I, I do talk about this a lot about like the kind of the sneaky thing about self stories. We all have our own stories that we have either been created because of external things in our lives, or we've created them ourselves. And they're really easy to create and believe and pick back up. But learning to diffuse our own self stories is what allows the real story to emerge. And so it does sound a little out there to some people, but that's exactly why the last part of the program and, and, and different products that I take my people through when they work with me, whether it doesn't matter what product it is, it's called integrate and amplify. <laughs> it's not, you have to be able to bring all of those things in. And I often talk about it in the way, if, if I have a quick second to tell you, like Harry Potter. So Voldemort, where Voldemort has split his soul into all of these different Horcruxes that allow him to live in different ways. We do that exact same things in our uh, that that exact same thing in our lives. We are one persona when we persona, not person. We are one persona when we show up one place, and then we're another persona when we show up somewhere else. And it's really about taking all of those personas. You shouldn't have a work presence and a home presence that are completely different. They need to be integrated. That doesn't mean your work activities belong in your home. And it doesn't mean that your personal activities belong in your work, but yourself should be whole. So I am going to look at your whole brain child. Uh, You'll love it because it's right up your alley. (laughs) Yeah. And, and really teaching people how to do this. This is part of, you know, what I do mindset work with clients only, or when I run them through a brand process, like I have them write that letter, not Mm -hmm. to their child self, maybe to their self. Now it helps them with their brand voice. So that's super tactical. And it also helps them realize where they're holding themselves back and what they're not seeing about their current situation that can then break open the next level of them being able to show up. Mm. I love that. Oh, I had, I did a, I think we were on one of our sojourns for many weeks. Steve and I actually, it wasn't a letter. I like the idea of a letter. It was more of a, just rewriting our story of our lives. I remember sitting in this hotel room in the Amalfi Coast in the middle of the day, typing furiously on my laptop, taking all these things that I remembered in a negative way and saying, what was the positive version of this? And basically retelling the story. I cannot tell you how healing and productive that was because I actually don't 
I actually don't see those negative stories in that negative way anymore because that positive spin on that story, even things like things that were negative, positioning them as, and that's how I learned this thing that is like a core piece of who I am today that I really like. So thank you. You know, thank you kind of crappy thing that happened to me when I was 12. Like that was an amazingly powerful lesson to me. And it's, it's incredible uh, how that, those kinds of exercises can just change your, your whole being. Um, Absolutely. In fact, I will share a link to the exercise for your audience and for you. And oh, that'd you be great. can use that. We'll put Absolutely. it in the uh, show notes. Fantastic. So you told me recently that one of the stories that you had that you were holding on to was the idea that it's that you had to hold on to things that were working and it was hard to let go of them in order to make space for something bigger and greater. Can you give us an example of what good things you may have been holding on to? Absolutely. There are a lot of good things happening in my business right now and I'm still expiring them. I'm still letting them go. <laughs> So I just want to quickly tell you a little bit about why. So, and, and it's not about why, um, there, there's two really good reasons why number one, because you told me to <laughs> <laughs> the best reason. <laughs> exactly. Um, the other reason is that, you know, this is, this is actually really good for us to let go of information. It's really good for me to let go of information there. I read a lot of studies that talk about, your brain and how we, how you process information. So in the, the realm of neuroscience, MIT, London School of Economics, Princeton, they all talk about how information needs to be expired, both digital, digitally hmm. and personally. So there's a lot of information on the internet, right? We know this. <laughs> And most of it, <laughs> most right? of it needs to be expired. Yes. <laughs> so there's a lot of people out there who are actually working on that problem, how to expire information and how to keep information like clean and helpful, not necessarily just clutter and, you know, making the, the world a, a harder place to be in. And there's a lot of people who are working on the personal side of that too, our brains are really programmed to hold on to information to keep us safe. And yet what information have we held on to that doesn't keep us safe? So for me, something good that's been a part of my business, like I had a podcast. It was a lot of fun. It was a really great podcast. It was called Open Sesame. It's very much about questioning what you think you know, trusting your intuition, restructuring your world around it. And it's going to continue. And my podcast partner is going to take that over. I'm going to have now my own podcast. Yay. Because <laughs> that is coming. Because to me, it was a very good thing that we were doing but it wasn't about my bigger purpose. It wasn't about why I'm really here. And you know why I'm really here on this earth is I wanna make sure that people don't miss their lives. And as we've been talking about people, I don't wanna miss my life, right? And I wanna make sure too, that whatever we are here to do when, on our short time on earth, that we are leaving the legacies that we wanna leave. So, I am going to restructure what it is that I am doing and, and go out there and do that. But I couldn't do that if I didn't expire some of the things that were happening in my own business. Similarly, I have really great products. 
I've done a lot of one-on-one work with one-on-one work with people in the past. I can't do just one-on-one work anymore. It's safe and it pays, but it also burns me out. Mm-hmm. And well, and let me say that is a step in the evolution of most people's service businesses. Anybody who is an entrepreneur, who is a creative visionary thinker is always going to be growing. And I think anybody who is just inherently like that is going to outgrow the one-to-one services. And actually, as I teach people to make their services more and more profitable, that's the ultimate goal if you want it. (laughs) But you, Mm -hmm. you get to a place where you're able to outgrow it because you have enough clients because you're making enough money. Like there's space and you have, and you've developed so much IP, (laughs) right? Yes. That's so true though. For certain projects, I still do one-on-one, but I see how all of it is now has a group component too. And I have a really great toolbox of things that I have built that are very similar. The journey is similar for all of my clients, whether they're doing mindset work only with me or they're doing branding work or they're trying to discover if they even have a company, (laughs) right? (laughs) A lot of the tools are the same because the people all value the same things and they're all stuck in the same ways with, you know, going back to those, those bigger things, the, the, fear, the guilt, the shame, the the worthiness, the things that are holding us back. Mm -hmm. And so releasing those, no matter what process we do, is really done better when other people can be a part of it. And it doesn't just have to be a one-on-one scenario. And that's something that you are particularly expert at because you have done so much of it one-on-one with so many people, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people want to jump to the idea of courses, group stuff, before they've really cut their teeth. (laughs) My experience has been that only through seeing so many people go through the process and seeing the patterns so clearly emerge that I can now basically tell the future when I'm speaking to someone, I can see exactly how this whole thing is going to unfold. Only then was I really in a position to say, okay, now I can talk to a group because I have more information than I'm getting from these people because I've seen a greater picture. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Kind of what I've seen with you too. You have to be an expert in what you do. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have had to have a a million clients, but you have to be an expert and you have to know the patterns and you have to know where people are going to get stuck and how to move them through. So good things that you're letting go of, some of which are one-on-one, some of which are your podcast. How did you transition recently? What are the great things that you've transitioned into recently? A couple of things, actually. So 2020 has been a crazy year, it has. <laughs> but it definitely has brought bigger visions. Not only have I done some of the own, my own work within my own business, I have really systematized a lot of my process. So that way I am not constantly trying to keep up on the back end of my business. So I can offer the things that I want to offer and not have to chase down like, oh, did that contract get signed? Or, (laughs) you know, did that budget get looked at? (laughs) Right. So there's, there's there's an element of process that has emerged from my own business this year. And then accidentally, 
I joined forces with somebody who I've done a lot of work with over the past three or four years, three years. And we've created, you know, we've co-created a brand on agency. So <laughs> I say that because we both have like this uh, limiting belief around what an agency does and what we actually do. Mm-hmm. So we work with different all clients throughout the globe, actually, to help them be seen, become known and be who they really are in their business. And we do things from purposeful storytelling. This is the the product that I was telling you about where brand discovery, where we help them understand if they even have something and then what to go do to make that happen. We do a lot of inspired design. We do strategic brand integration mm-hmm. and amplification. So how to take all the parts of you and make sure that they're uh, showing up authentically. And that's been a lot of fun. So the the brand scene is my co-created agency. And, you know, we've been doing a lot of process behind the work, but also you know, behind the scenes. And we've really looked at how it is that we can help people with all of those things. And then we also launched a um, program called Return to You, which I run. And it's all about how to return to yourself without, if you don't need the branding. So it's people who might not have companies who are, you know, in their careers and lives and are struggling with really getting rid of the things that are keeping them stuck Mm -hmm. and experiencing life fully and having more joy. So that's one of the things that uh, I am excited about that I'm running now. That's so cool. And that is so you. (laughs) Talk about returning to you. That is so core to who you are. So I can see why that would be an exciting uh, launch this year. It is. I have two people going through that right now, and it's in the first full iteration, but it is, it's built off of the things that I've done for years with my brand clients. So this is not, this is not a new process. It's just, I decided to open it up to people who didn't necessarily need brand stories. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's been a crazy year. We all know it's been a crazy year. Tell me a little bit about what happened in your business back in March. I know you got hit pretty hard for <laughs> I did for a second there. <laughs> I did. We had multiple contracts. And I say we because it wasn't just my business. It was also the brand scenes business. But the combo pack of both of them probably was a six figure hold. The, of work that was going to get done for the remainder of the year. Mm. And that was probably the the most that I ever have ever, you know, had on the table at one time go on hold. And after March though, it wasn't about learning how to pivot. It was about doing more and doubling down on the things that we already know that work. So I firmly believe that There's a lot of people that will tell you that you have to have a plan for your business. And I agree with that. But I think you only can have a plan after you learn how to be the plan. And that is really looking at all of the things that are holding you back and getting rid of those things so you can pivot. So after March, I went into just looking at, okay, who do I know? (laughs) Who is it that still needs things? Can I double down on some of the things that are behind the scenes that I need to to shore up for myself process-wise, website-wise, creation-wise? 
and created, really put some infrastructure around a lot of the products that I had already been offering, but hadn't really thought about how to execute it. What was my brand experience for my clients? And then it, it was June, July started to really see an uptick and August had my highest multiple five figure month I've ever had to date. Yeah. Yeah. So, so exciting. Yeah, it is. August was a big month in Leap in general. I feel like three people had their biggest months ever after yes. COVID just smashed all of us. <laughs> for yeah, a little absolutely. Absolutely. And now, you know, I'm looking at the, the rest of 2020 and into 2021 and really feel like my foundations are strong mm. to be able to make that next leap, you know, to yeah, half a million dollar business next year. And I think that that's a very different world than I was in even just a year and a half ago when I was wondering if I would even hit six figures. So I think that there's a, a major change when we look at the things that we don't think the problems are. I didn't think I had a problem with my process. I didn't think that I had a problem... Uh, with mindset. And those are the things that have also made some of the biggest differences for me. That's awesome. You have a beautiful business now. And it's interesting because as much as I'm a planner, (laughs) as much as I'm a goal setter, I'm like constantly talking about my list and my goals. This year, more than any other year has really brought to light the fact that we plan God laughs. That's what my (laughs) abuelo used to say. Uh Um, (laughs) And that's okay. You can create the plans as long as you, as you're saying, as long as you are inherently ready to go forward, no matter what happens. You mm-hmm. are the plan. I love that you say that. You are the plan ultimately, because the, the plan that you write down on the Excel sheet is there as a guide. But unless you are prepared to go through it and pivot or upgrade or change whenever needed, um, the plan doesn't really help you. So uh, I think this year has taught that to me more than ever. And I've become much more flexible and fluid. And it's actually allowed me to grow much faster because I had to think on my feet a little bit more this year than I usually do. It's like comfortable when things don't change that much. You can just get really comfortable and you can just be happy with the money you're making and enjoy your life. And that's okay. But it's so much more fulfilling to be able to leap and leap again and leap again. And the leaps get bigger the more you you do it. I think it's hilarious too, that I was always the person that was probably doing more of the vision work than the process work. So just as you had to embrace that idea of, oh, I need to be set more free. Mm -hmm. I had to realize that I had to be more tethered. (laughs) (laughs) And how both of those things work to, to bring you ultimate success. Yep. Yep. It's a constant marriage. And actually, that is a gift that I have gotten from our LEAP group is just being around. Every person brings their own mix of how much they are free or tethered and, you know, the different things that they focus on. But being able to always constantly see the entrepreneurs around you and what they're dealing with and how you may or may not be even thinking about that is a real gift in and of itself. It's so helpful to be around entrepreneurs in in a consistent way. I love that group. And I also love how you allow all of us to have our own parts of it and how you've even embraced some of my own mindset woo-woo. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, I love it. I love when you bring the woo. Uh, and I love when you bring me my structure. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Kind of like constantly a little tap on the shoulder. <laughs> Maybe not all of those projects right now. <laughs> and that was very helpful for me, you know, like I said, to expire some of those things. Yes. Expiring is sometimes just as helpful. Well, Michelle, it has been an honor to work with you and to watch your business just flourish and to just look at the growth trajectory that you're on. I mean, it is really incredible. And I think it's such an incredible uh, story for anybody listening out there. What can really happen in, I mean, you said only a year and a half ago, you hadn't even been at six figures and now you're on track to do half a million dollars next year. I think you'll do much more than that based on what I know about your numbers. But yeah. Thank you for joining us and sharing your story. It's really great talking to you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for all of the work that you do to amplify and integrate people's stories as well. My pleasure. Is it possible to let go of what's holding you back, align to your purpose and create your legacy? It all starts with getting to know you. And that's what Michelle is amazing at. For more information, go check out michellemercurio.com and grab her worksheet of questions to write your very own I See You letter to begin the process of finding and rewriting your inner stories. I'll put the links to both of those in the show notes at piasilva.com backslash podcast. In 2019, hitting $100,000 was still a dream of an idea for Michelle. And yet after COVID hit her business hard, she still had her best month ever, bringing in well over $30,000 in August alone. But clearly, it's not all about the money for Michelle. It's about being aligned in her message and getting to spend her time helping people in the ways that inspire her. She embraced all of the badass branding and business concepts that I preach in Leap, and the money has followed as she has stepped up as the boss of her business, letting go of the good to make room for the great and owning her voice at a whole new level. She put processes in place so that she can focus on what she does best and what moves her and is on course to do at least a half a million dollars next year with the confidence and clarity she needs to do it. And this absolutely is possible for you too. But there is no silver bullet. This is the result of a thousand little decisions that you make every single day that add up to the life and business you want. And in each decision, doing it in a way that is true to your brand and who you are and being seen as a celebrity expert in your space. My year-long program, Leap, is an intensive think tank for your business to catapult you to celebrity status by guiding you through those decisions for an entire year, and I'm opening the doors very shortly. Not only do you get my step-by-step roadmap to badassing your business and brand and my personal ongoing attention and direct support, but you also get the benefit of a group of similarly-minded badass entrepreneurs who are also going for the gold, refusing to let anything get in their way. Go to badassyourbusiness.com backslash leap and sign up to get notified when the application opens. I'm looking for 10 very special entrepreneurs to mentor to success in 2021. But we're going to get started in December so that we can all hit the ground running in January. 
This is for you if you aren't going to let anything stop you from having the exact business and life that you want. If you want someone who is going to tell you how it is and not tell you what you want to hear, and who is going to give you the step-by-step roadmap to get where you want to go. I've worked with enough people to know who will make it to the finish line and who is likely to bail on themselves. Last year, I received over 200 applications. I offered calls to 18 people, and I offered spots to just 12 of them because I'm only interested in people who I know are going to succeed and 10x their investment. That means no hard sell. I am looking for the people who are perfect for this program. So go to badassyourbusiness.com backslash leap and sign up to get early access to the application because when those 10 spots are gone, the doors will be closed until 2021. Do you want to know what's really possible in your business? Whatever you decide, you are going to make happen. And that's what showing your business who's boss is all about. <laughs>